with us. So, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for, for the family that is here today. I love my Grapevine family. So I'm so pleased and, and privileged to be able to, to minister to this group of people. Thank you that we love one another, but we love you first. And that's because you first loved us. Bless the word of God today, Lord. Help me just to, to pour out of, my, out of my heart and out of my spirit what's in your heart today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I got a funny story for you to kind of start this off this morning. A violinist noticed that his playing had a hypnotic effect on his audiences. They sat motionless as though they were in a trance. He found that he had the same effect on his friends, pets. Dogs and cats would sit spellbound while he played, wondering if he could cast the same spell, hypnotic spell, over wild animals. He went to a jungle clearing in Africa, took out his violin, and began to play. A violin, an elephant, I mean, excuse me, a lion, and an elephant, and a gorilla charged into the clearing, stopped to listen, and sat mesmerized by the music. Soon the clearing was filled with all kinds of ferocious animals, each one listening intently. Suddenly, another lion charged out of the jungle, pounced on the violinist, and killed him instantly. The first lion, bewildered, asked him, why did you do that? The second lion cupped his ear and said, well, I can't hear you. I got a bad cold. (laughs) And I thought that this was a great way to open this sermon today because... We've been teaching on stewardships for, for a couple of weeks now, and, and I feel a lot of times that that's how our audience behaves is, huh, blah, 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 I can't hear you, Pastor. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Can we move on? And I asked the Lord if we could move on this week, and he said no. <laughs> so we're going to talk about stewardship again this week, and, and, and quite possibly even next week, because I think we're finally starting to get and I know most people would rather me shy away from a topic like this because it makes us feel uncomfortable but do you realize that my job as a pastor is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comforted That's what you called me here to do That's what happened when I said yes to the Lord I'll pastor your people afflict comfort the afflicted and afflict the comforted he said to me so we spent two weeks now so far discussing how to build a life of Christian stewardship. I really haven't talked a whole lot about money, have I? I mean, it has to come up when you talk about stewardship. Giving is a part of stewardship. But it's not only about money. As we talked about in the first week, we, we learned how to uh, build a firm foundation, understanding that everything belongs to and begins with God. In the beginning, Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, Genesis 1.28 says that we were given dominion that we are stewards, or managers over all the things that God has given us. Amen? Amen. Last week, we talked about how to build a solid structure, and, and we walked away with this encouraging fact that God can do great things, even miracles, with something insignificant as our lunch pail. Amen. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go on Facebook, and you can listen to these sermons. Jump on or Facebook, you can watch the sermons. Go on our website, you can listen to the sermons. You can get the information that you may have missed. So last week, it was a solid structure. Two weeks ago, it was a firm foundation. Now remember, our insignificance becomes significant in the hands of Jesus. Three people got that. Hopefully, by the end of today, you'll get it even gooder. 
this week, things are going to slow down a little bit. Have you ever seen a house being built? Some of you have probably built houses. Pastor Kerry and I have the privileges of building, not physically, but through an, a builder, a house in Victorville when we moved there. So we would go up from San Bernardino area, about a 45-minute drive, almost every Sunday after church and watch our house be built. And we would pray in it, and we would write scriptures on the foundation and, and on, the, on the studs before the sheet walk started coming in. And, and it was just a wonderful thing. And it seems like it takes no time at all to go from bare ground to, to the structure. And then all of a sudden, things slow down. Do you notice it takes a whole lot longer to do the inside than it does the outside of a home? The same is true for our lives of stewardship and our walk with the Lord. Because the inside work, it deals with our attitudes, our assumptions, and a lot of times a worldview that even the most devout Christian struggles with from time to time. Can we just be honest? I mean, we're family, right? But everybody in this room maybe agree with me that every once in a while the world trickles in and you have to do it. We were just talking about this last night with some friends we went out to dinner with. You know, every once in a while you just got to reset. You just got to recalibrate. You got to reset your life. Say, okay, what am I here for? What has God's called me to? What, am I, what is the most important thing in my life? And I don't know about you, but every once in a while I get things backwards. Good, I'm in the right place. So we build a firm foundation and a solid structure. Today I want to help you finish the inside. And for that I want you to turn to the book of Mark chapter 12. And I believe this is probably the greatest lesson of stewardship that Jesus ever taught his disciples. And, and if, you don't have, if, you, if you don't have your Bible, if you have a bulletin, I actually printed this text on the back of your bulletin. So let me read this to you. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how many people put money in the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, what makes a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put more in than all those who have given the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Who's the story? Or who's the steward in this story? The widow. Last week, it was the little boy with the lunch pail. And this week, it's, it's, it's a widow who has absolutely nothing to her name. And she is the one who is going to teach us about stewardship this morning. Here's the first point I want to make to you. Stewards understand the now. Stewards get the now. We understand that... that Stewardship is about right this minute. You need to understand a little bit about this widow's wife, and many of you probably do, but let me help those of you that may not understand what's going on in the story. So she's a widow, which obviously means that her husband is dead. She also doesn't have any sons or sons-in-laws or any other family in her life because if she did, she would have been being taken care of by them. Just like Naomi in the Old Testament, this widow had no one to rely on so she was living off the kindness of strangers, maybe visiting Grapevine Fellowship Food Bank. Or seeing what she could scrounge up from the leftovers of the fields that were probably already harvested. That would be modern-day dumpster diving. I'm just being real. I'm just trying to tell you the situation that this woman was in. 
yet we find her giving anyway. Jesus said that she had two copper coins, and she put it into the treasury, and she pre- as she presented that, what she, what she presented represented all that she had in her life, everything. Jesus said she gave everything. So the Greek word here is lepta for might. Lepton, a lepton is the smallest and least valuable coin at the time. It's, it, it is less than a penny. We don't even have a, a coin that signifies, it's about a half a cent in today's, just so you have an understanding. Her giving shows us a principle of stewardship that is that, is that stewardship is a right now thing. Listen, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Amen. There's a math equation you need to write now because Jesus plus nothing equals everything. We learned last week he can take very insignificant stuff like a little bitty lunch and he can feed 5,000 people and there would be leftovers with your gift. Stewardship is a now issue. It deals with our present realities. It deals with our present resources. It deals with who we are, what we have right now. I hear people all the time tell me, I'll tomorrow I will or, or when such and such happens I will. When I retire I'll give of my time. No, you won't. When I have more money, I will give. No, no, you won't. When I have learned more, I'm better educated, I, I will start helping others. No, you won't. Listen, if you're not a steward now, don't kid yourself. You won't be a steward then either. I'm being too honest, I know. Let's just take a water break. Everybody needs a drink after that, I'm telling you. We always say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And Jesus is saying, uh, you only have today. I'm not guaranteeing you tomorrow. Does anybody know for sure that they're going to wake up tomorrow? We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Stewardship is about God working in us right now. About God moving on our heart and, 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 and giving us a, I call stewardship a gift. I love the video. I can't remember exact quotes, but when you give, people who give are the happiest. It's true. God doesn't call us to give from our excess because you know no one ever has excess. Even the richest people in the world don't have enough, they say, because their perspective is all wrong. He calls us to give from our poverty. A faith offering that can start a miracle. That's what he, you guys are quiet. Get your fingers out of your ear just for a few more minutes. I want to help you today. Jesus says, bring me your lunch. Bring me your pennies. Bring me your minutes. Bring me your talents. Bring me what you have. Bring me your lunch. And I will do with them what only I can do. I love that. Here's the second thing. Stewards are moved by love. Your checkbook doesn't move you. The fact that all the bills are paid this week isn't what should move you. The fact that there is a noble cause presented to you today, that should move you. 
But that shouldn't be the purpose that we give. See, a steward is moved from love. All the others who came that day gave out of excess, but this woman gave everything that she had left to live on. She didn't know where her next meal was coming from. Many of you are already trying to figure out, am I going to drive through McDonald's, Carl Jr.? Am I going to go to IHOP or Denny's? Am I going to get some barbecue? This woman was like, I could go home and die. But I'm giving Jesus what I have today. That's another big principle for us to live today. Stewardship begins with loving, not giving. If you're working on stewardship in your life, if it's something that, and it should be, as Christian men and women of God, we, we should be, be thinking, yeah, I want to be able to give more. I, w- I want to have a heart of stewardship. Let me tell you, it starts with loving. How do you love more? I'll tell you, go down to the food bank and serve somebody. Go serve somebody who's unlovable. We'll find them. Yeah, they're there. There's a whole lot of other people there that are lovable. Can you imagine this widow? I have to picture this as she's going into the treasury and she's looking down into the, to the treasury and all she sees is gold and silver. In her hand, she has two copper coins. I can imagine her thought was like, my gift is worthless next to all of that. But here's Jesus. Listen, we don't ever see Jesus standing in this place before in the Scripture, and we never see him there again. Jesus is not concerned with the treasury. I believe he was there for one purpose and one purpose only that day. Because he was about to see and be able to teach his disciples about love. About where we give from the compassion, the burden that we have. We say we are Christians. We say we love the church. We say we love the lost, but we don't want to contribute to that. We don't want to give of our time. Don't bother me with my time. I'm too busy, Pastor Ron. I understand busy. I also understand broke. I'm in ministry. Hello. But I also understand being blessed. And I keep telling people, if you ask me, how you doing, Pastor I'm blessed and highly flavored. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. At least I haven't lost my salt. Oh. Oh, come on, bro. You got some more? You got some more? No, I'm kidding. Here, listen, here's what John Maxwell has to say about this. It wasn't usefulness that moved her because her coins were worthless. It wasn't obligation because nobody cared. It was simple love that moved her. Simply love is what moves the steward. Love gives, but lust takes. I'm doing a series right now on Sunday night. We won't do it tonight because we have a worship night. But I started, I started a series on, well, the seven deadly sins. We'll just about that, even though there's really no, no such thing. But lust is one of those things that we're going to get to. And it, it was powerful last week. We had a great time in the presence of the Lord. But, man, I'll tell you what. If you don't love, there's only one other way you can be operating from. It's the spirit of lust. 
A lot of times in our relationship with gods and with other people, we confuse the two things. Our, our modern-day love is, is all off whack. Can I just be real? Most of you. I don't say it like that, Pastor Ron. Too late. Too late I already started, God. He doesn't call me Pastor Ron, by the way. Most of the people at the other church, here's what they do. They have sex first to make sure the marriage is going to work. I don't even know how I'm going. This has nothing to do with stewardship right now. If somebody needs to hear this. In America, we got it all wrong. We, we date to get married, and during the dating, we, what we should be doing is, is get married to date. I still date my wife. Hey, man, just keep it real here, right? I love that lady. 18 years on our honeymoon. Love gives, lust takes. If love isn't the foundation of my relationship with God and with others, then I'm always going to have a problem with stewardship and with giving. I always will. If love isn't the foundation, if love isn't the place that I start from, when I come here on Sunday morning and I'm preparing my gift, if I listen, if you're not giving from love, then don't give. That's hard to say, man. It is because the church needs resources. The church needs to keep the bills on. But really, if you're not giving from a place of love and you're not giving because you care and you have a heart of love, God loves a joyful giver. I heard Pastor Bud used to say, but he'll take it from a grumpy one too. Huh. The reason for my stewardship has, got, stewardship has got to be the fact that I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and with all my mind. It's got to be the place that I come from when I give, of whatever I give. We don't give our time and our talent and our worship and our gifts or our money because we have to. We do it because we can't do anything else. We do it because we want to, because we get to. That's a great place to be. Today, I get to give to the Lord. Today, I get to serve the Lord. Today, I get to love on somebody. Today, I get to, I get to tell somebody about Jesus. Today, I get to be at the church and hug on somebody who's new, who, who maybe just needs a hug. Man, I remember when I came to the church, and they put their arms around me. It was the first time in a long time I felt a genuine hug. And when I asked her, when he hugged me, see, I really don't even ever remember my dad hugging me. I don't. I don't remember that. If he did, I don't remember it. But when my pastor put his arms around me and I felt genuine love, man, I'll tell you what, it's what pulled me in. Jesus, I don't know what that is, but whatever this guy just did to me right now, whatever I'm feeling in my heart right now, that's what changed my life. And that's where I'm trying to get to in you is, is it has to begin in this place of love. And, it, and, and, and if it's not love, it's probably the opposite. 
Love says, how much can I give? Lust says this, how little can I get away with? Number three, stewards see life in light of eternity. We're driven, we're people. We're driven by what we can see, touch, taste, hear, feel. It starts when we're babies, touching everything. Don't touch that. I still do that. Put a wet paint, don't touch sign up. Guess what I'm doing? Touching. Right? We're, we, we live lives consumed with things that surround us. We get distracted by these things, and we get overwhelmed by these things, and, and it's part of the enemy's plan. I, I love what Miss Jackie said earlier. Man, when it's time to be quiet, just sit down and shut up. We don't do enough of that. We don't be still enough. When God's being quiet, maybe he wants you to zip it for a minute. Look at this widow. She dropped everything into the offering. Her very last penny. You can't do that without a focus on eternity. Somebody over here owes me a pizza. You can't do that without focusing on eternity. When we focus our lives on today, we become stingy, we become greedy, hoarding everything so that we know that we have enough to get through. I'm so worried about tomorrow. What will I eat? Oh, we'll get to that verse in a minute. But when we focus on eternity, we understand that there's much more than what we can see, much more than what we can feel, much more than what we can smell, much more than what we can taste. There's so much more. There's things that we can't see in the spirit, amen? When you, when you begin to give and you begin to be a steward, you're sowing into the kingdom of God. And that's when God takes your lunch and he takes your two cents and he does miracles with them. Like the little boy from last week. He taught us this principle, if you just give what you got to the Lord, he'll multiply it, he'll use it. And so this woman today, she's standing here and she's giving us two cents, a half a penny in our day. And she's still teaching people today about stewardship, about love, about giving, about life. She could have kept that two pennies in her pocket. And no one probably would have even, hey, you can't come in here. She was broke. She probably looked the part. People probably knew that she didn't have much. Hey, just let her in. It's okay. I'll throw something in for her. I don't think she would have had it. We don't even know for sure. That could have happened. One of the pious religious leaders, the guys with all the coins in their pockets, yeah, I'll take care of the little lady. I got this. I'm manning up for the lady. Oh, no, Sonny. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not how the kingdom works. I've got to do this for me. That's not it. I didn't even write that down. That, that, was free. that was free right there. Stewards see life as an investment in eternity. We know we're given our lives. We know that we're given our resources. We know that we're given our talents for a purpose. And it's to fulfill the kingdom of God. It's the only reason you're still on this planet. 
and fulfill the kingdom of God, to fulfill the, God, the call that God has on your life, the plan. I didn't put it in this week, but there it is again, the plan that God has for you. Here's the fourth thing. Stewards rest in the promises of God. There's a simple truth here that we miss a lot of times. She gave God all that she had that day, everything that she owned. How was she going to live? How was she going to eat? How was she going to pay the power bill? What was she going to do when she left the temple? She didn't know. But I'll tell you what she did know. No, no, I'll tell you who she did know. She knew the Lord. She knew him and she trusted him to provide for her every need. Do you? Let me read this verse as I wrap this up. Matthew chapter 6. Verses 25 through 34. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what will you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to a stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Stop right there. I'm pretty sure that this woman wasn't present when Jesus gave his sermon on the mount but I'm pretty sure that she understood the heart of what he taught them like the woman at the well that we talked about last week this woman rested on the promises of God I don't know what happened to her after that day the scriptures don't tell us but I, I'm pretty sure she was provided for. Maybe someone gave her money. Maybe someone offered her a room. Maybe she got lunch at the food bank. I don't know. Maybe the fields had a little bit more left over than they normally do. I don't know how God provides for you. It doesn't make sense. God math is not the kind of math we learned in school. Definitely not the kind of math they're teaching today. 
Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Do me a favor. For those of you that struggle like I did years ago with this, I would sit down and I would start paying the bills and then I'd get to write the tie check and I'd be like, oh my goodness, there's not enough. What am I going to do? Well, I'll pay the cable bill twice next time and I'll still write my tie check. You know what I started doing? Just write the tie check. Just write that sucker out, put it in my Bible so I know it's coming to church with me, and then start paying the bills. I don't know how it does it. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. God is faithful. Listen, if you're in a place today that for whatever reason you're finding it difficult to trust the Lord in any area of your life, whether it's stewardship or not, I want you to stand to your feet. You're just finding it difficult to trust God in a situation of your life. Stand to your feet. give you a minute. Some of you are still thinking about it. Help us with our unbelief. Sometimes, Lord, we have little faith. Sometimes we look at the mountains before we look at your face. Sometimes we look at the giants and the promise, the things that are blocking our inheritance before trust in you. But today, we release faith in this place, God. Increase our faith. Let us trust you more. It's not about the size of the gift. It's not about the amount of time that I give. It's not about the things that I do in public. It's about the heart that I have. Change my heart. Lord, wherever those who are standing today are struggling with trusting you, I pray, overwhelm them. Overwhelm them with your presence. Overwhelm them with your spirit. They will trust you. Take a leap of faith. Just like this woman did. Just like that little boy did last week. Just like countless other stories we have in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen.